It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Question. Should we stop using the term natural disaster? Short answer, yes. Because there's nothing natural about the unfolding and accelerating earth changes. There's nothing natural about the sixth mass extinction event that we're now neck deep in. There's nothing natural about the weather. Blue skies are an increasing rarity. Featureless white, dirty white, or hazy, filthy skies are increasingly the norm. Absence of insects, absence of birds, wildlife, fish, all now the norm. Crop crushing weather disasters in many forms, now the norm. And all the while, the predator parasite class is planning World War III. If you're willing to fully face the wider horizon, no matter how bad the news is, you're on the right broadcast. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the end of the world as we know it broadcast, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. Moving on, more puzzle pieces. The 20-year anniversary of the Iraq War, so-called mission Iraqi freedom, has come and gone. Whatever the Iraqi war was about. It certainly wasn't spreading freedom and democracy at the point of a gun. It's about resources for empire. When this war started, the eve before this war started, I went to a candlelight vigil in Redding, California with two full cases of brand new VHS films of Hidden Wars of Desert Storm. This is a internationally award-winning documentary about the depleted uranium ammunition that our military used in the Middle East that left those regions contaminated with ionizing radiation that has a half-life of four and a half billion years. And as I was handing out these brand new DVDs to everyone who would accept them, I was being photographed from every imaginable angle, from the cowards that represent the Matrix as they were documenting anyone that dared to stand up to their idiocy that was going to occur the next day. The launching of a war on totally false pretenses for the empire to pursue resources anywhere and everywhere it chooses to do so. And what was the license for that? What galvanized the American population into fully supporting anything the military-industrial complex wanted to do? The events of 9-11, the new Pearl Harbor. This week in corporate media, I viewed a BlackRock commercial that stated the following, quote, we are working hard to build a better future, end quote. If you don't already know what BlackRock is, do some honest investigation. The only better future they're building is for their own insiders in underground installations while they further fund the looting, plundering, pillaging, and polluting of everything that's left on the surface, our lands and our skies included. Building a better future. Right. More earthquakes. Afghanistan, Pakistan, Argentina, all just added to the list. As was the case with Syria and Turkey, all countries that the Western power brokers don't find cooperative. Just a coincidence, I'm sure. For those that are not familiar with the term tectonic weapon, please investigate and try to look past the official denial, which is the same 
as the official denial of climate engineering, which is so shockingly visible and undeniable in our skies, only the clinically blind could miss it. The proverbial dominoes are falling fast, each one larger than the last. The willful blindness from the majority of humanity truly defies rational comprehension. Have we passed the proverbial event horizon, aka the point of no return? Short answer, yes. And those that are still telling themselves it isn't so will soon be forced to face reality the hard way. In this broadcast, yet another new science report claims that global warming is worsening all of our breathing difficulties, that it's just extra pollen, and pay no attention to the geoengineering jet aircraft blotting out our skies with climate engineering elements. March 22nd was World Water Day. How many know that? How many care that every single drop of precipitation, and thus every drop of surface water, is contaminated? Not some specific region, but rather the entire world, from the North Pole to the South Pole, and everywhere in between, and not just with any elements, contaminated with PFAS forever chemicals, in addition to the climate engineering elements that include many toxic heavy metals, polymers, graphene, surfactants, the list goes on. About the water, on that note from multiple sources, new studies reveal copious amounts of microplastic fibers are showing up in Lake Tahoe snow and Sierra snow, Sierra Nevadas. Question, is it just a coincidence that climate engineering patents specifically call for polymer fibers as a part of the mix? More on that in a moment. There's been a complete swap of the scheduled weather for the lower 48 states. In the 10 years from 2012 to 2023, the eastern half of the U.S. lower 48 states was consistently the most anomalously less warm region in the entire world based on their normal average high temperatures. The early 2023 season was initially scheduled to be the same, with the western U.S. drought and heat to get even worse. Who changed the scheduled weather and why? More discussion on that coming as well. Will unprecedented wildfires again return to the West in spite of the recent scattered deluges? Short answer, again, yes. Toxic rain and snow only accelerates the death of soils, microbiome, root systems, trees, and thus the forests themselves. Western forests are dying by the day, along with countless other forests in regions all over the world. About tornadoes, extreme straight-line winds, and extreme hailstorms, can climate engineering be connected to these scenarios? Again, the answer is yes. The manipulation of atmospheric pressure zones can, indeed, must affect surface circulations, a.k.a. wind flows and patterns. And about the constant destructive hail, patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding is the primary consideration. Search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. If you want to see extreme examples of chemical ice nucleation on bodies of water, search Lake Michigan ice balls. Look at the images. You'll be shocked. About the recent change in the scheduled weather for the drought-stricken agricultural regions of California, there's more than one way to crush crop production. For those that control the climate engineering spigot, there are many ways. Drowning farmland with toxic rain also works well. 
From Grist.com, this, How Rising Temperatures Are Intensifying California's Atmospheric Rivers. Question, what is steering those flows of moisture? Again, consider this historical example, Project Popeye, the name given to the U.S. military's weather warfare flood-causing operations over 50 years ago in Vietnam. And how much more effective are they now? Let's continue on this theme from multiple sources. This headline from this week. Leading ozone scientist says more climate surprises likely. Catastrophic level of water. Central California battles farmland flooding. These puzzle pieces all fit together, don't they? From that report, the latest atmospheric river storm to batter California has led to evacuations and flooded farmland. As the snowpack on the Sierra Nevada mountains melts, flooding in the Central Valley will remain a concern for weeks and months to come, experts say. There has been a, quote, catastrophic level of water, end quote. That statement from the executive director of the Tulare County Farm Bureau, which represents more than 1,100 farms and ranches in the San Joaquin Valley. ABC News recorded that statement. The report continues, as the region recovers from the latest round of flooding rain to hit the state, officials are also preparing for the historic snowpack on the Sierra Nevada to melt, bringing with it the threat of additional flooding. Again, consider and remember Project Popeye, how successful the U.S. military was over 50 years ago and how much more can they accomplish now. Again, the climate engineers control the spigot. If they don't want excessive deluge in the U.S. West, it wouldn't happen. If the weather makers didn't want the epic drought that has occurred in recent years in California, that wouldn't have occurred as it did. Not speculation. Climate engineering operations are clearly visible on satellite and radar loops. The local forecasters pretend they don't see the climate engineering signatures as they read their scheduled weather scripts passed down to them from Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, private defense contractors that do all the weather modeling, not just for the nation's weathermen at National Weather Service and NOAA, but also all the way down to the local script-reading meteorologists. Agricultural production is declining rapidly around the world. Most fisheries have already crashed. Empty store shelves are coming to a location near you. No functional environment, no people. Moving on from multiple sources, is the human race already functionally extinct? Question mark. Here's a definition. When a population is no longer viable, or in the current case of the human race, when the primary factors and conditions necessary to sustain human populations are failing, and thus the species dependent on such factors and conditions, in this case the human race, no longer have a functional living habitat then that species must also fail. The vast majority have been distracted with bread and circus for far too long, and all the while the global cancer of the clinically insane controllers has been growing and metastasizing, permeating every imaginable institution. And such is the case in all countries and all governments. The corruption of power now holds life on earth in the balance. And even now, so many are completely asleep at the wheel oblivious to the oncoming train. This next new report from this week is a follow-up from the UK Daily Mail. American College of Physicians warns of, quote, urgent threat posed by highly contagious fungus that has a kill rate of 60% and is growing across the U.S. 
sparking Last of Us fears, referring to the Last of Us Netflix series. For the record, there are literally hundreds of biolabs all over the world. These labs are ultimately controlled by those that run the matrix, those that print as much money as they want for whatever they want. The global controllers have long since stated, and ever more urgently of late, their desire to drastically reduce human populations. So this question comes to mind. What are all these biolabs engineering? What are they creating? For whose agendas and objectives? You decide. Next headline, multiple sources. Air pollution, a global health threat. That's according to the World Air Quality Report by Swiss air quality technology company IQ Air. As has been the case with other recent reports on this theme, as bad as it sounds, reality is far worse. This report, like others, only recognizes particles down to the 2.5 micron size. Climate engineering nanoparticle elements are exponentially smaller and thus exponentially more harmful, not just because of their size, but because of their composition, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, surfactants, polymer fibers, graphene, and more. And all of this goes completely unacknowledged, not even looked for. That's how the system is designed. That's how it has been set up for decades, which is not an accident. And I'm not just speculating. No, I've been told to my face in closed door meetings with top California EPA officials at the state capitol in Sacramento, California. They know what's occurring and why, but they fear not only for their jobs, but worse. I still possess emails sent directly to me from one of California's top biologists that revealed aluminum nanoparticles were being found adhered to the gills of fish in the Sacramento River, a primary water supply for the residents of California. Has any official agency admitted to this alarming scenario? No. Governor Gavin Newsom also knows. I told him in person in his office at the Capitol, in addition to briefing him on the climate engineering scenario as a whole, I also briefed him on the contamination of the Sacramento River with the climate engineering elements. Has he done anything about this issue? No, nothing. Why is that not a surprise? The city of Reading Environmental Waste Department knows also from their own testing, which I was shown also in another closed door meeting. And like Newsom, they've done exactly nothing. The North State Air Quality Board, the Geoengineering Watch did an extensive presentation in front of, with experts. You can find this on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Did they do anything? No. Our rain, our runoff, our waters, our snow, our soils, all contaminated. And though there are many sources, the climate engineering fallout elephant in the equation is being systematically hidden from public view and awareness. From the UK Guardian... This headline from this week, UN warns of draining humanity's lifeblood amid worsening water scarcity. From that report, we are draining humanity's lifeblood through vampiric overconsumption and unsustainable use and evaporating it through global heating, said UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez. He further stated this, governments must develop and implement plans that ensure equitable water access for all people while conserving this precious resource, end quote. Report then says universal access to clean drinking water and sanitation is one of the 17 sustainable development goals, they're called SDGs, created through the UN process in 2015. What a meaningless pack of babble that is.
while the UN is part of the ongoing climate intervention insanity that is the single greatest drought causing factor period and contaminating further contaminating every single drop of rain on this planet from bbc this a united nations report has warned of looming global water crises and quote imminent risk of shortages due to overconsumption and climate change the bbc report then states the world is blindly traveling a dangerous path What a gross understatement that is. We are hurling toward near-term planetary omnicide. From MSN.com this week, drought is killing people in massive numbers. From that report, water shortages and agricultural failures significantly impact millions of people in Southern Asia and East Africa. What about California until recently? They continued, the United Nations predicts that by 2050, over half the world's population may live in water-stressed areas. Droughts are becoming more frequent and severe, posing a significant threat to global food security. Let's stop there. First, as I've stated so many times, dates like 2050, 2040, or even 2030 are meaningless. If the human race remains on the current course, we won't make it that far. And next, the laws of physics. It must rain more overall on a rapidly warming planet, not less. The atmosphere carries 7% more moisture for every degree C of warming, and frontline data indicates we have already blown past 3.5 degrees C of warming from pre-industrial baselines. The only way there can be less overall rain is from a core factor that's being hidden from public view, no matter how visible it is in our skies. That factor is covert global climate engineering operations. Unprecedented drought and deluge scenarios are the hallmark of geoengineering operations. More headlines on crop-crushing droughts and crop-crushing deluges from phys.org. Climate change. Farmers in Ghana can't predict rainfall anymore. Changing how they work. Isn't that the case even locally when the forecasts are wrong from hour to hour? They can't even predict a very short time in advance because the script changes. The script is constantly changing with frequency transmissions and aerosol dispersions in the atmosphere. The weather makers can and are altering the weather constantly. It's in a constant state of flux and the schedule is constantly changing. So the script reading so-called forecasters on the ground, of course, miss again and again and again. Next headline, same theme, multiple sources. Kenya drought. Pastoralists suffer despite millions of dollars used to protect them, what went wrong? I can tell you that climate engineering went wrong. And every government all over the world, either actively or passively participating, and yet all the while pretending it isn't happening. Now to the deluge scenario. First this from multiple sources. Quote, uncharted territory, South Sudan's four years of flooding four years in a row while other regions can't get a drop of rain. Next, also from multiple sources, storm train to keep rolling through California next week. Again, what happened? What changed? Who altered the schedule? Did some of the Matrix Predator class inner circle finally realize that climate intervention operations were also decimating their particular region of the rapidly sinking ship, aka planet Earth? Will flooding out specific regions of the state, many of them primary agricultural regions magically fix the forest-killing mega-drought and already incinerated former forests? No. Will the deluge 
of toxic rain and chemically nucleated so-called snow help anything, environmentally speaking? No. So again, are the dying fir trees of the western U.S. magically coming back to life now that they have received copious quantities of climate engineering contaminated rain? Again, no. In fact, the die-off of the fir trees, the primary tree in most western North American forests, is accelerating exponentially. In the forest around my off-grid home on the east side of Lake Shasta, where only 15 years ago you would struggle to find a dead tree, it's now riddled with dead trees and more are dying by the day. The forest is deafeningly silent. More in the deluge scenarios, again, a hallmark of climate engineering operation as well. This headline from this week, severe weather flooding dangers to span nearly 20 states. The report then says, even though there may not be a great number of tornadoes, the few that develop, they say, could become strong. And the scheduled weather script readers would know, wouldn't they? Let's stand back for a moment to examine the wider horizon. From carbonbrief.org, this from this week. Exceptional search in methane emissions from wetlands worries scientists. And so it should, as geoengineeringwatch.org has tried to warn about for 15 years. The carbonbrief.org report then says methane emissions from wetlands have risen faster this century than in even the most pessimistic climate scenarios new research finds. Yet again, forgive me for continuing to beat this drum, but I want to point out how many times has geoengineeringwatch.org stated that what is actually unfolding is far worse than anything we're officially being told, and week after week after week we have headline after headline stating exactly that. Oh gee, we didn't know. It's way worse than we thought. For the record, there's enough methane deposits in the Arctic alone, if fully released, to turn our planet into a scorched ball of rock resembling Venus. But, we are told, so-called renewable energy will save us from ourselves. Or will it? From RenewableEconomy.com this week, why blending hydrogen into the gas supply is still just a pipe dream. Many of the forms of so-called renewable energy are just fantasy that's dangled in front of a population to make them think that technology will magically save the day at the last hour. How's that going so far? Next headline, same theme from RenewEconomy.com. World's biggest solar and battery storage to deliver gigascale projects. These are massive solar array fields that span as far as the eye can see. And all the while, climate engineers are blotting out the sun with ongoing solar radiation management operations. Just another day in the planetary asylum. In fact, some of the largest commercial PV photovoltaic plants, solar plants, are producing in the range of 50% of what their design output should have been. Look up. Please, please look up. Connect the dots. Next from the UK Guardian, more science fantasy. Cargo ships powered by wind could help tackle climate crisis. Shipping produces much of the world's greenhouse gases, but new technology offers solutions to cut fuel use. That report is the epitome of a pipe dream. Proposing use of fairy dust would be more realistic. Picture a massive oil tanker with sails. Right. From the CalgaryHerald.com, this indigenous communities leading Canada's clean energy boom. Again, 
just more smoke and mirrors, search and view the documentary Planet of the Humans to learn about how non-renewable renewable energy actually is. There's more from phys.org. Photosynthesis hack could lead to new ways of generating renewable energy. Question, how well is hacking the planet going so far? Search geoengineeringwatch.org, hacking the planet, to learn more. Next, a headline that also mentions the indigenous population, but this time from a very different perspective. This is from Al Jazeera this week. Nevada lithium mine breaks ground despite indigenous opposition. Activists say the project threatens delicate ecosystems while proponents say it is key to Biden's green energy agenda. Again, more so-called green energy smoke and mirror deception. When you boil it down, nearly every form of so-called green energy is anything but. And I'm speaking from the perspective of living completely off-grid with wind, solar, and hydropower, 20 years off-grid. I worked on one of the first commercial solar plants in the continental U.S. in 1983. In fact, that location is featured in the documentary film Planet of the Humans at the 40-minute mark. They show a blowing field of empty sand in the middle of the Mojave Desert where the first commercial solar plant of its type was built in the early 80s. I worked on that facility, and its design flaws were shockingly apparent then. And now, with my off-grid system and my alternative forms of renewable energy, wind, hydro, and solar, all three of which being radically negatively affected by climate engineering operations, which radically reduces direct sunlight, alters wind patterns negatively, and greatly reduces rain in so many cases. Yes, there's now deluge, but that has not been the case for so many years, and it will likely very soon revert back to protracted drought, and these forests will burn with a fury because they are filled with dead trees and the single biggest factor is climate engineering not the beetles beetles are a symptom and all official agencies blame everything on the beetles blame nature make the public believe that some sort of natural process is going on when as i stated in the beginning of this broadcast these are not natural disasters they are anything but and about the continued incineration of carbon-based fuels, that's worse still. So where does that leave us? In a very, very dark corner. From Stanford News, Stanford study finds wastewater disposal from oil production triggered major earthquake in Canada. The report says this is the first study to link seismic activity in the area to human activity. Or at least it's the first report that admits to it. Again, search and honestly investigate tectonic weapons. Please dig deep in such an investigation and learn to look past, to expect official denial. Of course, governments are not going to admit that they possess such unimaginable weapons of mass destruction. Another from the UK Guardian, new climate paper calls for charging big US oil firms with homicide. The report states oil companies have come under increasing legal scrutiny and face allegations of defrauding investors, racketeering, and a wave of other lawsuits. But a new paper argues there's another way to hold big oil accountable for climate damage, trying companies for homicide. With all that in mind, let's consider the following question. Why shouldn't every single entity and individual that is in any way participating in the ongoing climate intervention operations, aka weather warfare, either actively or passively, why shouldn't they be held equally responsible 
And for the record, big oil is also neck deep in this equation. Next question, why shouldn't every single individual that is either actively or passively helping to cover the tracks of the climate engineers, aka to hide the ongoing weather warfare crimes, also held legally and morally accountable? Such a list would, of course, include all the obedient matrix media minions that read whatever script they're given by the controllers without a moment's consideration about how morally bankrupt their actions are. Speaking of moral bankruptcy, this from the SierraClub.org. How climate change could sink the U.S. real estate market. They say rising seas, fires, and outdated government policies threaten a repeat of the subprime mortgage meltdown. Sierra Club is bought, sold, and paid for. I met with the head individual from Northern California Sierra Club some years back, passed on Massive amounts of geoengineeringwatch.org data with which he did nothing, zero. Would never pass that on to his other Sierra Club members, and the Sierra Club has never done anything but deny the climate engineering issue. And geoengineeringwatch.org attorneys spoke to Sierra Club attorneys who admitted off the record that they won't touch this issue because they don't want to lose their 501c3 nonprofit, the epitome of hypocrisy, Sierra Club. From the UK Guardian, a wake-up call. Total weight of wild mammals less than 10% of humanities. Stop and think about that. Report says from elephants to tigers, study reveals scale of damage to wildlife caused by transformation of wilderness and human activity. Let me summarize that. We have trashed the planet. We are wiping out our environment, and without it, we will all die soon. It's called overshoot on a mind-numbing scale. From the Guardian report, science published this month concludes that wild land mammals alive today have a total mass of about 22 million tons. By comparison, humanity now weighs in at a total of about 390 million tons. At the same time, the species we have domesticated, such as sheep and cattle, in addition to other hangers-on, such as urban rodents, add a further 630 million tons to the total mass of creatures that are now competing with wild animals for Earth's remaining resources. The biomass of pigs alone is nearly double that of all wild land mammals. The figures demonstrate starkly that humanity's transformation of the planet's wildernesses and natural habitats into a vast global plantation is well underway with devastating consequences for all its wild creatures. Again, when you add all our cattle, sheep, and other livestock, which adds another 630 million tons, that's 30 times the total for wild animals. It's staggering. This is a wake-up call to humanity if they are at this point capable of waking up. The majority seem to want to remain completely comatose at the wheel. The grim figures for land mammals were matched by those found in the oceans. The total mass of marine mammals was calculated to be about 40 million tons. Common pet species were also found to be a major contributor to humanity's planetary impact. Domestic dogs have a total mass of about 20 million tons, a figure close to the combined biomass of all wild terrestrial mammals. Research estimates made two years ago suggested that there were about 50 million tons of wild mammals on Earth. The new figure 
calculated using a host of techniques, including artificial intelligence, indicates that the crisis facing the planet's wildlife appears to be much worse than first understood. Again, so many times on so many broadcasts, I've desperately tried to warn that what's unfolding is far worse and far more immediate than anything we are officially being told. On that note of good cheer, you're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 398, March 25th, 2023. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on 22 AM and FM stations throughout the country. All recent recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail-outs don't go to the spam file. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities, now with over 1.3 million views, I believe, on YouTube. The best way to share The Dimming is by circulating the direct link by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. How do we reach those that still aren't looking up? Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials can be found on our homepage. Our only goal is to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There are very high quality printed materials with shocking images. A picture is worth a thousand words as the proverb goes. And there's also copies of climate engineering patents, copy of the illegal federal gag order that's on all National Weather Service and all National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration employees. There's much, much more. We pass these printed materials on for less than our total cost of producing and shipping. Our only goal is to get them into circulation as fast as possible, to wake up as many as possible so that we can reach a critical mass of awareness while there's still something left of our planet to salvage. We now have geoengineeringwatch.org hoodies to go with our new geoengineering watch shirts, both with very high quality four color images on both sides. The images of a military jet tanker descending down over the planet and spraying. A dimming sun is in the background with this caption, stop climate engineering, investigate. And below that, geoengineeringwatch.org so that people can find a credible source of data to continue their investigation. Scannable business cards and bumper stickers, all effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out as we awaken not only our military brothers and sisters to what they're participating in, but also those behind the curtain that are part of this insanity that are not clear on what they themselves are participating in, their own demise. And those people should eventually be held legally and morally accountable for their crimes in this entire equation, but we must first expose it. And the only way we can do that is to reach a critical mass of awareness. And if we do, many wheels will begin to turn on their own in this fight. If you're willing to share a picture of yourself with a Geoengineering Watch t-shirt, perhaps at a gym, farmer's market, or busy street downtown, please send your photo to us so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation. 
which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voice heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. Final note, if you know any radio station that might be interested in airing the non-political commercial-free Global Alert News Hour, have them contact us at admin at geoengineeringwatch.org. This battle is a team effort. If we can awaken the masses, we could yet alter the equation. And I want to express deeply my gratitude to all those that are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters. Stay tuned for input on how to make your voice heard. And it's imperative to remember that no matter what else we can hide from, that the global power structure is trying to inflict on populations, we cannot hide from the air we have to breathe. And if that air is completely contaminated with elements known and unknown, not just industrialized pollution, but climate engineering fallout, then that's a fight for life. Let's double back to more official warnings this week that still fall far short of reality. This, multiple sources, the climate time bomb is ticking. The world is running out of time to avoid catastrophe. New UN report warns. From that report, the world is rapidly approaching catastrophic levels of heating with international climate goals set to slip out of reach unless immediate Radical action is taken, according to a new UN-backed report. First, let's stop there. Radical action is and has been taken by governments all over the world, either actively or passively participating in the ongoing climate intervention insanity, and that includes the engineered winter weather scenarios, chemical ice nucleation for weather modification, the flash freeze cooldowns from record warmth to record cold. Keep that in mind. Please search the Engineering Winter section at the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. This article continues with this. The report is the most dire and troubling assessment yet of the spiraling climate impacts we all face if systemic changes are not made now. The impacts of the climate crisis continue to fall hardest on poorer, vulnerable countries that have done the least to cause it. Think Hurricane Freddy, which I covered in last week's broadcast, that neandered around for a month, wiping out already struggling third world populations. Was that just a coincidence? Is that part of the culling of the herd? Blame it on nature, though. Blame it on nature while climate engineering operations are tainting and manipulating virtually all weather on Earth. If you look at the picture, a satellite image of Earth, and compare it, if you can find an unfiltered image from the 60s, it looks like a completely different planet. It's now covered in a cocoon of toxic aerosols. Welcome to climate engineering. Surprisingly, in this UN report, geoengineering was not pushed. Perhaps now that so many are waking up to the ongoing climate engineering atrocities, they no longer wish to bring further attention to the constant and blatant atmospheric spraying. Here's a parallel new headline from the Washington Post. World is on brink of catastrophic warming, UN Climate Change Report says. From that article, a dangerous climate threshold is near, but the Washington Post then says it doesn't mean we're doomed if swift action is taken, scientists say. Again, that's like crashing through the guardrail, Thelma and Louise moment, flying through the air toward the bottom of the canyon and saying, don't worry, new set of brakes, everything will be fine. Not so much. New from the UK Guardian, one more. Same theme, scientists deliver final warning on climate crisis, act now or it's too late. I'm sorry to say this, and it's a very difficult pill to swallow for so many, but in regard to the planet we've known, it's far too late. We passed that guardrail about two decades ago. 
Now the question is, can we save any part of Earth's remaining life support systems? From this report from the UK Guardian, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, that's the IPCC, made up the world's leading climate scientists, set out the final part of its Mammoth 6 assessment report on Monday of this week. The Comprehensive Review of Human Knowledge on the Climate Crisis, or lack of disclosure, it should say, took hundreds of scientists eight years to compile and runs thousands of pages, but boiled down to one message, act now or it will be too late. Let's clarify what the IPCC is. It's a mechanism to cover the tracks of the climate engineers reporting data that's almost a decade old. They stopped compiling that data eight years ago, and by the time they published this report, the data is woefully inadequate, and they downplay everything anyway. And that's why we have so many reports of, quote, it's way worse than we thought. We hear that over and over. In fact, more such acknowledgments coming in a moment, but first a final excerpt from this UK Guardian report. They say temperatures are now about 1.1 C above pre-industrial levels. Blatant lie. Absolutely blatant lie that's further masked by the temporary toxic engineered winter weather surface cool downs that completely skews the data. That's part of the reason they do that in addition to skewing public perception on the true state of planetary meltdown. They continue, the IPCC has found if greenhouse gas emissions can be made to peak as soon as possible and are reduced rapidly in in the following years, it may still be possible to avoid the worst ravages that would follow a 1.5 degree C rise. Again, we're past 3.5 C now, past the point at which humans have existed on planet Earth. Irreversible changes are now almost inevitable, the report states. No, not almost. They're here. New from phys.org. More of what I stated a moment ago. Climate damage is worsening faster than expected. But again, here we have the Pollyanna final summary. But there's still reason for optimism. And what's their stated reason for optimism? This excerpt from the report. Falling renewable energy costs are starting to transform the power sector. And, they say, the use of electric vehicles is expanding. Electric vehicles more often than not, charged with carbon fuel power sources and featured with batteries that are made from third world, often child labor, digging in the ground in deadly conditions. So many aspects of so-called renewable energy that so many don't want to talk about. And for the record, my criticism of quote, renewable energy, is not in any way a promotion of carbon-based fuels, which are also a near-term death sentence. And with that summary, I know I can expect to get some scathing messages from those that refuse to accept the fact that there isn't any silver bullet solution to the path of certain near-term self-annihilation the human race has so far chosen. Reality is what it is. We can accept it well and do our best to change course or continue to accept it poorly and thus remain on the current path to mathematically certain near-term planetary omnicide. But many would ask, what about breaking headlines like this from this week, AccuWeather.com and the Weather Channel, both matrix-manipulated climate engineering cover-up agencies, headlines like this one. Snow to bury parts of north-central U.S. in first days of spring. That's the kind of headline that climate engineers really seek to create. The report says the early spring snowstorm could put 
one of the Midwest cities in contention for its snowiest March ever and could make this winter one of its top five snowiest seasons on record. Can they target specific areas, create these sensationalized headlines? And so many people, no matter how warm it is where they are, how hot it's been, how many forests have burnt down, they see this and think, oh, it can't be warming. Look at this one city that got this record snowstorm, just like Boston in 2014. How many remember the headlines so sensationalized about the Boston snow, snow, snow? And yet, at the same time, a scenario that mainstream media said nothing about, that 14,000 feet up in the middle of the winter in the Sierras, there was nothing, no snow. They tell you what they want to tell you. And so much of the populations stop thinking at that point. They just digest what they're fed. This report then states, the storm may end up with two bullseyes of snow in Minnesota, one across the north central part of the state and the other along the north shore of Lake Superior. Bullseyes of snow, and guess where those are? The exact regions where they want to create a record here or there and then sensationalize it as much as they can. From further south and east in the U.S., this week, this headline, warmth to spring into action across the eastern U.S. This report states the changing of the seasons will bring a change in the weather pattern as well. Warmer air sends temperatures 10 to 20 degrees Fahrenheit above the historical average across the eastern U.S. Temperatures that were 20 degrees below average on Sunday, the report says, and then Monday morning will reach about 10 to 20 degrees above historical averages. Weather and temperature whiplash scenarios are the hallmark signals of climate engineering operations. The report continues, in Nashville, Tennessee, after a high of 40 degrees on Sunday, temperatures may approach 80 degrees Fahrenheit by Thursday. Further south, temperatures were well into the 80s. Ever more extreme contrasts of temperatures within the borders of a single country. The one with by far the largest military in the world, with by far the greatest ability to engineer the weather over their mostly clueless population eyes wide shut, who just keep looking at their iPhones until the moment of impact or football games or the latest political theater or the latest sensationalized courtroom drama, whatever Matrix Media picks to distract, divide, and confuse populations has worked all too well so far. That needs to change quickly or we're done. More about what's happening in our skies. From the UK Guardian, aviation chiefs reject measures to curb climate impact of jet vapors. That report says airline industry claimed science not robust enough to implement new controls to combat climate warming caused by, quote, vapor trails. But scientists say the climate impact of, quote, vapor trails or, quote, contrails has been known for more than two decades. Let's call them what they are. Sprayed climate engineering particulate dispersions. Not asking anyone to believe me, I never have. I am asking for honest, objective investigation. Start with the dimming. Start with the proof presented in the geoengineeringwatch.org documentary, The Dimming, and then decide who's telling the truth and who isn't. From the UK Guardian, this new report, excess mercury in atmosphere found to be coming from the world's oceans. Reports says their model showed 40% more mercury entering the atmosphere each year than the references showed. In other words, it's way worse than we thought. Again, the difference the researchers found was in the amount estimated to be in the world's oceans. Again, should this come as any surprise? Answer, no, it shouldn't. Militarized, industrialized societies have always used Earth's oceans as a toxic waste dumping ground, as has long been the case with our skies. And consider this, in the case of mercury, 
which we now are exposed to much more than we have been told, and aluminum, which we are definitely being exposed to copious amounts of through our air column. Every single person tested by Geoengineering Watch in the past, hair, blood, urine, packed with these toxic heavy metals. It's in our air column. It's in our precipitation. It can't not be in every breath we take. It is. Go outside in a dark night after heavy spring, aerosolized skies, hazy skies, shine the brightest light you can find straight up. Look straight up through that beam. You'll be shocked. It looks like a snowstorm. And aluminum is a large component of what's coming down on us. And when you combine aluminum and mercury, there is what's called synergistic toxicity. And all of us have both metals in us now. And when you combine those two already highly toxic metals, the overall toxicity increases by as much as 10,000%. That's 100 times worse. Think about that. And now let's add everything else that's in this mix. We don't even know what the synergistic toxicity is with all of that. But all of it considered, it's amazing. Again, any of us are walking and talking at this point. How much longer will we be? And the web of life certainly isn't doing well, is it? Completely imploding on every front. Moving on, more in the air we breathe from lifegate.com this week. Allergy season in the U.S. is worsening due to the consequences of climate change. This pattern emerging from a new report by Climate Central. Again, blaming it on pollen. No mention of the 50 to 60 million tons of toxic nanoparticles estimated to be being dispersed in skies all over the world by climate engineering operations every year. No mention whatsoever. Blame it on nature. Blame it on pollen. Next from Climate Action Australia, this new report. At 4 degrees C of temperature rise, Earth's carrying capacity estimates are below 1 billion people. So while considering the headline I just read, Again, this reminder, unfiltered frontline temperature data indicates we have already passed 3.5 degrees of warming since pre-industrial baselines. Where does that leave us? Connect the dots. Next, UK Guardian. Global freshwater demand will outstrip supply by 40% by the year 2030. We're there. Now, it's going to get worse fast. Climate engineering is being ramped up by the day in the attempt to hide it until the last possible moment. From ScienceAlert.com, scientists discover intense heat waves lurking at the bottom of the ocean. This is indeed very, very bad news. From the report, in 2013, a monstrous marine heat wave known as the Blob developed off the coast of Alaska and soon stretched as far south as Mexico along the Pacific coast of North America. It lingered far longer than anyone expected, decimating fisheries, triggering toxic algae blooms, disturbing kelp forests, not disturbing but killing, and starving seabirds and seals of food. At one point... A buoy bobbing atop the ocean near Oregon detected frightening jumps in temperatures of up to 7 degrees Celsius in less than one hour. The ocean was sweltering. This is like the theme in the Hollywood film Day After Tomorrow, except in the opposite direction, superheating of the oceans. The report then says, but scientists with their attention fixed on temperature data streaming in from ocean surfaces had little idea what was transpiring in the depths below. Question, should that come as any surprise from the so-called science community that seems to have no idea what's transpiring in the skies above either, do they? From KOMONews.com, severe weather in California could impact dairy prices. No could, no may, no might. And the consistency with which weather cataclysm is crushing crops, agricultural production, livestock all over the world is not a coincidence. Moving on as I cover the next headline, remember that polymer fibers are a core part of climate engineering patents. Here's the headline. Microplastics pollution found in fresh fallen Sierra snow and Lake Tahoe snow. 
From the report, the Desert Research Institute in Reno has tested High Sierra snow at several locations and has found something that shouldn't be there. Tiny plastic fibers in the newly fallen snow. Environmental researchers have also collected microplastic fibers in the pristine waters and snow near the poles, i.e. north and south. The evidence of its existence is clear, but there are still questions about how much, if at all, such small fibers may affect humans or other living creatures. Really? It's not clear whether or not ingesting or inhaling plastic microfibers is harmful? Blatant lie from the so-called science community. Rewind to this example report from late last year from the UK Guardian. Again, just an example. There are many more. Mycoplastics found deep in lungs of living people for the first time. I covered this very report when it was issued last year. From that report, the scientists said mycoplastics pollution was now ubiquitous across the planet, making human exposure unavoidable and meaning there is an increasing concern regarding the hazards to health. People were already known to breathe in the tiny particles as well as consuming them via food and water workers exposed to high levels of microplastics are also known to have developed diseases. Microplastics were detected in human blood for the first time in March, showing the particles can travel around the body and may lodge in organs. The impact on health is as of yet unknown. It's unknown because they're told not to figure it out. The researchers are concerned as microplastics cause damage to human cells in the laboratory and air pollution particles are already known to enter the body and cause millions of early deaths a year. Final excerpt. The researchers concluded deleterious health outcomes may be related to these contaminants in the respiratory systems following inhalation in quote. Only one month ago, this report, also from The Guardian, same theme, microplastics found in human breast milk for the first time. Exclusive, researchers concerned over potential health impacts of chemical contamination on babies. And so much of the so-called science community still pretending they don't know if inhaling nanoparticles of plastic is a problem? Just another day in the asylum. I do all my cardio training indoors with filtered air. I'm almost out of time. Please bear with me through this quick succession of headlines. Look them up to learn more. Sea surface temperatures at record high. Next, Arctic climate modeling too conservative. The rate of warming will be much faster than projected. No surprise. From National Geographic, Arctic ice is getting thinner by the day and sea life is suffering. That's the least of the problems there. Massive methane releases are probably coming. That could hold life on Earth in the balance. From phys.org, France reports 910 dolphins washed up on Atlantic coast. From AccuWeather, sandstorms blanketed Beijing and northern China as air pollution soars off the charts. From Yahoo News, unwanted visitor ruins spring break in Florida. They're talking about toxic algae, about 5,000 miles of it. Literally, from firstpost.com, Argentina facing a heat wave like no other in its history. And the not-so-surprising result, Argentina's key soybean, corn, and wheat crops have been battered. Next, as if the oceans weren't dead enough already, vast quantities of radioactive Fukushima wastewater is about to be dumped into the Pacific by Japan. And let's not forget the 440 nuclear power plants that will go into meltdown mode as global collapse unfolds and accelerates. Climate intervention operations, a.k.a. weather warfare, is further fueling every theme I just covered. Yes, the wider horizon is dark indeed, but no matter how dark, where does our own good or evil exist? In the correct use of our God-given will, no matter what we face, and if we do our best to do our best, then the story ends well. We must man our individual posts until relieved by our Maker. That is all that we are ever responsible for, and if we do we may yet accomplish profound good even at this late hour. 
We are here for a reason. It's not an accident. The universe, the creator, knows where we're supposed to be and when we're supposed to be there. The rest is up to us. We are still standing, we're not yet beaten, and we are not alone in this battle. As the proverb goes, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific input on how you can help to move this fight forward. Share credible data from a credible source. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.